Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. You guys ready for the word today? So I'm going to talk to you uh, about the parable of the sower. And this is just called good dirt. How many of you know the, know the importance of good dirt? You should know the importance of good dirt uh, just because of where we live at. If you, if, you're ever, if you were raised in a rural area that, that had quite a bit of farming, then you, know, you understand the importance of good dirt. Uh, I, I was raised on what would be considered today a family farm. And uh, I knew from an, a young age the importance of, of good dirt. If you don't have good dirt, you can't grow uh, good produce out of the dirt. And the Bible gives us a great example when it comes to the need and the development of good dirt and also what is bad dirt. And in all reality, uh, what I'm talking about this morning is the condition of our heart. So this message is really an introspective message uh, in, in, uh, in regards to you. Uh, and it's more of a, a teaching slash talk in regards to me. So my desire for you this morning is for you to sit back and listen to what I have to say and go a little bit introspective and consider uh, your heart, consider your dirt. Uh, do you have good dirt? Do you have bad dirt? Do you have a mix of it? Because whatever kind of dirt you have determines what God is able to do in your life. Everything God does in our life is based off his word, period. Nothing goes, let me see, nothing opposes his word. So if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, it's based off of his word. If a, a faith leader is helping you in some regards in your life, it better be based off of God's word. Uh, if a church is good or not, one of the ways to determine is whether that church is biblically based or not. Everything is based off of God's word. So his blessings in our life is based off of his word. Changes in our life is based off of his word. More of him in our life is based off of his word. Miracle signs and wonders is based off of his word. Us prospering according to God's plan for our life is based off of his word. So everything when it comes to us and God and us experience God, receiving the promises of God is based off of his word. But there's a major problem at hand or possible problem at hand if we don't have good dirt, if our heart is not good, then his word, which the Bible uh, uh, uses in this, in this context, calls it as seed. The seed that is going into the dirt, the word that is going into heart, will not develop a harvest. It will not produce vegetation. It will not produce fruit. It will not produce growth that we need in our life. And here is the thing. We cannot blame anybody else for the kind of dirt that we have. This is one of the things I like about this message. We live in a society that likes to point fingers and not take responsibility for their own junk. 
All right, thank you, three people. You agree with me, but I don't care if you agree or not. It's the truth. We live in a society where people don't take responsibility for their own junk. They like to point fingers that I'm this way because of this. I'm that way because of this. It's the family I come from. It's the community I live in. It's my job. It's my boss. It's my wife. It's my husband. It's these stinking kids or it's these stinking parents, whatever the case might be. But let's just be absolutely real. A high majority of what our life is about is what we choose to do. And when it comes to God in our life, especially in the context of what I'm going to be teaching today, it is up to us whether we have good dirt or whether we have bad dirt. It is nobody else's fault what kind of dirt we have in our life. Does that make sense? So let me start off by reading you the parable. Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 9. Then he spoke many things, and this is Jesus Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth or dirt. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth or dirt. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Please pay attention to verse 9. He who hears, or excuse me, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me start with, uh, let me start with nine. I was going to end with nine, but let me start with verse nine. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that particular sentence is is ended with an exclamation point. In other words, what Jesus was saying is this is important. So he shared this parable, and then then he ended the parable with a, if you have ears to hear, then listen. Then hear what I'm saying to you. So let me start off with that this morning. What What I am teaching you today is extremely important in your life. If Jesus, in his own verbiage, says it's important, then you can bank on, on the matter that it is important. So now let's jump back up to verse 3. Number one, it talks about the sower. So the sower is basically the messenger that sows the seed. The sower is the farmer. Now this messenger can be divine, like in regards to Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, an angel. Uh, This messenger uh, can be someone like myself, a pastor or a ministry speaker. The messenger is just whoever throws out the seed. A messenger can be your best friend. A messenger can be your enemy. Have you ever had an enemy that spoke truth to you? Oh, it burns you up because you got to listen to them and you know they're right. The person that you don't like can be a messenger. Your children can be a messenger. Whoever God uses to deposit uh, a a seed in you at that moment and that time is the messenger uh, in this context. And then the seed, the seed is the word of God. So now let's go to verse 4. This is where we start getting into the nitty-gritty. The first three things is really teaching us uh, really about bad dirt, bad ground. 
a ground that really doesn't allow God's Word to produce uh, what it could produce or what God wants it to produce in our life. So the first one, it says, it, it talks about seeds on the wayside. So we have to look at what does the wayside mean. So number one, the wayside means seeds that are rejected. It means seeds that are not received. It means seeds that is not applied to one's life or one's circumstances. So in other words, when God uses a messenger to deposit seed in your life and you just absolutely reject it, like instead of no, not today, Satan, and technically you're like, no, not today, God. We don't like to think about that, but when we reject God's word, that, in essence, that's what we're saying, maybe not verbally, but through our heart, we're like, no, not today, God. So that is a seed on the west side. When it is rejected, when it is not received, or when you, maybe you hear it, maybe you realize it, but you don't apply it. That is seeds that has gone to the wayside. And when a seed goes to the wayside, there is absolutely no possible way for it to grow. Imagine seeding your yard, and along the perimeters of your yard, you have a sidewalk. And you're scattering your seed, or you got one of those little things that's spreading the seed all out. And there is seed that gets on the sidewalk or goes into the road. Do you see growth from that seed? No, you don't. Because that seed that has been sowed on the wayside. So the second one. Or no, I'm sorry. So how do we fix this ground? How do we fix this kind of heart? Number one is we open our life to the seed. Number two is we open our mind to the seed. We open our emotions to the seed. We open our circumstance to God and his spirit. That's the only way when talking about our heart that that can be fixed is we open up to it. If we don't open up to it, guess what? Seed ain't going to grow. What I'm reminded of when I'm, when I, when I'm teaching this is the story with, with, with Cain and Abel. Before Cain killed Abel, God came to Cain and basically said to Cain, Cain, the devil or sin is seeking you like a lion. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And God spoke to Cain, and Cain had a choice to allow that seed to develop, grow, and therefore him not murder his brother, or he had a choice to absolutely reject it and throw it away. Cain did not open his heart. He didn't open his mind. He didn't open his emotions because he was jealous, jealous, that is emotional. So he didn't open all these things to God. And what happened is he absolutely murdered his brother. So it's a, a, really, a really good example, even though extreme, it still is a good example how God came to somebody and deposited seeds into him, but yet he absolutely rejected it. So... We open our life, in other words, our lifestyles. We open our mind, our thoughts. We open our emotions, and we allow God into our circumstance. And we allow him to deposit seed in, a, in us, and then we 
in return receive it and allow it to develop. So let's move on to number two, which is verse five and six. Seeds on stony places. This is a mixed ground. Let me read this again. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much. Can you say much? So it doesn't mean it didn't have any. It didn't have much earth. They immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. So they was very fast growing, but yet they wasn't lasting. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. So they withered away. So this has to do with mixed ground. So there was some dirt here, but yet it was mostly rocks. Because it had some dirt, because it had some good soil, it was allowed to spring up rather quickly, but it couldn't last because there was no root. Now, when it comes to plant life, we know that things will not last if they are not given the opportunity to develop or grow roots, right? Because the roots is what keeps the plant intact. It's what gives it strength. An oak tree spreads out in a very large perimeter. The strength of an oak tree, even though it's one of the most hardest woods in the world, is not in the wood itself. It's not what is above ground. The strength of an oak tree is what is below ground. It is its root system. Speaking spiritually, if we don't have a root system, a root system, a system of foundational blocks in our life, then we are not going to be able to stand strong. Uh, we're not going to be able to produce. We're not going to be what God has called us, or we're not going to be able to experience what God has for us. Now, this is very important to consider this because this has to do with people that they hear the word. Now, listen to me here because I've come across a lot of church people like this. They hear the word. They get excited about the word. They make choices then and there to make changes because of the word. But because they are not mature enough, because they don't know enough of the word, or because they will not submit themselves to a proper authority in the word, they can't really... There's no time for that word to develop, and they don't have roots that grow, so they get excited in church, but because there's no root system, they don't live the word outside of church. One of, one of the worst things as a pastor is to see people get excited and, and, and praise the Lord and, and, and claim the word and be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and the next thing you hear is, you know, they're, they're at a bar getting drunk. They're lying about their neighbors. They're treating people wrong. They're making all these stupid choices and these decisions. But yet you see them at church. They're all excited. They're all, thank you, Jesus. But yet when they go out there, it's the total opposite. Why? It's because their heart, their ground of their heart is a stony place. They got a little bit of dirt, that's why they get excited, but they don't have enough dirt for a root to grow. They don't, they're not mature. They don't give God enough time to develop them. They won't submit to a spiritual authority. If you got a stony heart, you need to go through your heart and take out the stones. Amen?
How do we fix this? We fix this, number one, through commitment. Commit to learning and applying the word to our lives. We commit to going to church consistently. It went from good to bad. (laughs) Commit to going to church consistently. Church, when it's done right, is set up for you to learn and grow in God. When it's done right. Amen. That's that's one of the one of one of the important factors of church is it is just set up. It's developed when it's done right for you to grow in God. So commit to learning and applying the word. Commit to going to church. But that's not enough. Commit to getting involved with your church. If you just came every single Sunday but you don't get involved, you're really missing out on some really, uh, really great opportunities for growth and development. Because there's a type of development that happens here. There's another type of development that happens on Wednesday. There's another type of development that happens in small groups. There's another type of development that happens when you spend time with one another one-on-one. And when you apply your life consistently to all these factors, what begins to happen is you begin to grow. You begin to mature. You begin to develop. Because God uses all these different factors in our life to grow us from glory to glory. Amen? Let's go to the next one, number four, or three. Seeds among thorns. Let me read it. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Very simple. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. So what is a thorny ground? So a thorny ground is not a ground that's bad. It's very important to know this. The ground is not the problem with the thorny ground. The problem is the thorns hasn't been removed from the good ground. I'm going to say it again. The thorny ground does not have bad ground. Thorny ground has bad stuff in good ground. So what does this mean? In other words, sins hasn't been removed or challenged. Issues that oppose God and his word hasn't been dealt with. Problems that keep the word from working in our life hasn't been dealt with. So what occurs is God gives you a word. God plants in your heart seed. And you have fertile ground. But as soon as that seed is watered by the Holy Ghost and begins to take root, There is these sins, these issues, these problems 
that immediately rise up and they suffocate and they entangle and they get all jujitsu on the good seed of God. You know what I'm saying? They get all, you know what getting jujitsu is, right? It's when you get tangled up, rolled out, and rolled up on, and you can't do nothing because you're all locked up in a jujitsu move. And these thorns get all jujitsu on the good seed. It's important for us to realize the sins, the issues, and the problems in our life. And for us to even realize that it's these things that keep us from growing, from being blessed, from us prospering in the way that God wants us to prosper. It's so imperative that we remove the things out of our life that the Holy Spirit convicts us of. Some of these can be done quick. Some of these has a process. You know what I'm talking about, right? We find Jesus saying this at different times in the Gospels. He would minister to someone, and then he would say, Go and sin no more. So it's like Jesus was the farmer. He planted the word, and then he told them to do the thing that would not stop or hinder the word that he just planted. Now, this kind of defies grace. Not grace, excuse me, let me... Let me, let me rewind that. That kind of defies some messages about grace because there were some messages about grace that says it don't matter what you do. You're under the grace and mercy of God. And when it comes to heaven or hell, that's debatable. But when it comes to experiencing all, all the blessings that God has for you here on life, that totally opposes the, that truth. Am I making sense? Because if, if, if sin doesn't matter because of grace, why would Jesus throughout the Gospels tell people to sin no more? This is not like Jonathan's interpretation of the Bible. It's kind of just black and white. When Jesus like says something, it's for real. And I just know from experience, like from my own life, that God has done some good things in me and some sins or some issues or some problems that had not been dealt with rose up and got all jujitsu on the blessing in my life and kept me from receiving what God, or maybe not kept me, delayed in me what God had promised me. Sometimes we wonder, hey, why, why aren't the promises of God coming, c- coming to me with a yes and an amen? Maybe because you got some thorns that is getting all jujitsu on, pro- on the word that will allow you to receive the promises. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying this judging you by any means. I, I, I'm, I'm, you're and I foot in the same shoe. Every single day, you know what I have to do? I have to make sure my heart is none of these, these top three. Every single day. It's a daily process. Every single day, I have to be a farmer in my life. I have to make sure I am open to the Word of God. I have to make sure I don't have mixed ground in my heart. I have to make sure I don't have thorns 
coming up. And if I do have thorns coming up, because we all will have thorns coming up, I have to make sure I pluck those thorns out of the ground. So I'm not saying, I'm not up here saying that, that, you're, that, that you should never have thorns in your life. Let's get real. We are human. And thank God for grace because it does cover the moments that when we do fall and we do make mistakes. But it is our responsibility to see the thorns and to pull them out and to throw them away or to burn them for good so that they don't keep the Word of God from working in our lives. That's individually, that's maritally, that's family, that's career, that's with our neighbors. Let's move on to the last one, verse 8. And uh, Yeah, verse 8. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So basically, good ground is a life conditioned to hear, to receive, and to apply God's Word. Let me say that again. A good ground receives and grows the seed. Broken down, a good ground is a life conditioned to hear, Bible says, those who has ears, let them hear. To hear, to receive, and to apply. If you don't do all three of those, you will not have good ground. I know a Satanist, an atheist that knows the Word of God. So they've heard it, but they haven't received it. And I know people who know the Word, and they receive it every Sunday. They receive it. They welcome it. Praise the Lord for the good Word. But I know too many that don't apply it. And so, therefore, they don't have the good ground. And God is so, so, so limited on what He can do in their lives because He never works in opposition to His Word. Now, let me leave you with the let me leave you with, with, with a good pick-me-up. So it says, some will produce a hundredfold, some will, some will produce with 60-fold, and some will produce 30-fold. So what does that mean? It basically means that if you put one seed in the ground, you're going to get a hundred seeds or a hundred pieces of fruit out of it. It's going to multiply by a hundred. Some's going to multiply by 60. Some's going to multiply by 30. Now this is my, my, my pick-me-up to you this morning. God's word and or will for our lives will always produce more than we put in. I like that. You know, I'm not necessarily an investor, but at times I do wrap my brain around investments. And that is a good investment. There ain't no place out there right now unless, you, unless you're doing something illegal that's going to get you 30, 60, or 100 fold. <laughs> 
But God's word will produce 160 or 30. It will produce more for us than we actually put in. It's amazing. And I can just stand here and tell you that's true. God's done way, way more for me than I've done for him. I think our mature saints here in the church will stand up and testify the same thing. God's done way for me than I've done for him. Why? Because that's just how God works. Give God a little bit and he'll do a lot. Give God more and he'll do a lot more. Amen? So like I said, this message is really an introspective message. I forgot to tell you this uh, in the beginning. I get up here and get tunnel vision. But on our Instagram account and on our Facebook account, there, there is a photo, that there is an image that, that lists the four things. The, the, what you saw on the screen this morning is basically in one pick. So you can go to Facebook or you can go to Instagram. And I would encourage you, uh, you know, save that as a photo, do a screenshot of it, put it inside your phone, print it out, stick it on your refrigerator, on your mirror, so that every single day you can be reminded on what is good dirt, what is bad dirt, and how maybe you need to adjust your heart on a day-to-day basis so you're able to receive and experience everything that God has for you. Amen? Stand to your feet if you Let me pray. Father, just thank you, thank you, thank you so much just for, just for how you work concerning the last thing I basically said. If we give you some, man, you always give us more. And if you give us more, you will always give us a lot more. You will bless us at times with a hundredfold. You will bless us at times with sixtyfold. You will bless us at times with thirtyfold. You will just bless us if we make sure our heart is prepared correctly and therefore our ground is a good soil so that when seed is deposited, it is able to produce good fruit. It is able to produce good produce. It will yield a harvest. It will yield a crop. Not only for our own personal lives, but for the lives of of who is closest to us. The lives of people that maybe we come in contact with. The lives of the people that you send our way. They will be able to receive and taste that which is good. The good of the produce that you have produced in our heart. Holy Spirit, lead us convict us and remind us every single day to check the condition of our heart throughout the day to check the condition of our heart is our heart a wayside heart is our heart a stony heart is our heart a heart of thorns or is our heart good heart, a rich soil that allows your word to grow. Help us to do whatever we need to do to get to that point. In the name, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, we say amen and amen.
Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.